Hi guys, my name's Jason and this is the UK Money Podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things to do with money, personal finance, investments, just generally how to manage your money better and how to get ahead financially. Now, I do always say it, but it is really important that whilst I am a financial planner, nothing that I talk about in this podcast should be considered financial advice. What I'm trying to do is just provide some information and some education that will hopefully steer you in the right direction for managing your own money. Now, you may have noticed that it's been a little bit longer than normal in between episodes over the last few weeks. You know, obviously, we've had Christmas and New Year, but if you, uh, if you did listen to my last episode, um, you would have uh, picked up and, or heard that my, uh, my wife actually gave birth to our second um, a couple of weeks ago. So as you can imagine, there's not been a lot of sleep happening in our house um, and I've, ten- I've had my hands full. So um, you know, over time, things will get back to normal, we'll get back into a more reg- regular schedule, um, but apologies if it's a little bit haphazard over the next couple of weeks. With that said, I've still been out and about on social media and keeping up with what's going on in the world, obviously. Um, And this week, I need to give a bit of a special shout out to the Redditors over at the UK Personal Finance subreddit on Reddit. Now, if you're a Redditor, you'll know exactly what that's all about. If you're not, if you've not heard of Reddit before, basically, it's like a essentially it's a forum right like an internet sort of message board forum but it's like a million different forums all built into one so there's different subreddits on various different different uh, different topics so like i say the one that i spend a fair bit of my time on is the uk personal finance which talks obviously about money and finance and stuff um for people in the uk um there is like i say a million different ones there's subreddits about politics on about fitness about food about movies tv whatever basically any hobby or any kind of subculture or anything in the world really that you can think about, there's probably a community of people on Reddit talking about it on a regular basis. So I've been sharing some of my content on there um, and I shared this podcast this week and it got a really um, fantastic response from people. Had a lot of feedback, had a lot of great questions coming in. Um, So that's really going to be driving the podcast over the next, uh, at least the next few weeks got like I say got a lot of a uh, lot of content ideas to go on there so if you are kind of on this journey for of um, of trying to improve your financial situation there's obviously so much um, information out there I'm trying to um, to do my bit here with the podcast and with YouTube and that sort of thing but that um, that forum UK personal finance is a great place to go as well there's a, a lot of posters on there who have uh, a huge amount of knowledge. People are very generous with um, with that knowledge. They're happy to share, happy to answer, happy to answer questions. Um, and there's um, some resources on there as well if you're trying to make decisions about what you should do with your money. Um, you know, there's a great flow chart on there for that decision making process and stuff. So if you haven't checked that out before and you are interested in this kind of stuff, I would highly recommend you go and check out Reddit. Now, the topic I want to talk about today is kind of an amalgamation of some of these questions that I I, um, have had coming through. One of them um, came through via email, um, but also a number of, like I say, a number of questions on Reddit, a number of um, topics were brought up that way as well. So what I'm going to be talking about today is if you've got some surplus cash flow, um, if you've got some money to invest, you're not sure what to do with it. One of the really common dilemmas that comes up uh, if you have a mortgage or really any kind of debt is... Should I direct that money to paying off my debt? Should or should I invest it in pension fund, or should I put it into an ISA? They're generally kind of the three big options that people um, consider for obvious reasons, and they've all got they've all got different benefits and drawbacks to doing it. So today, I want to have a bit of a talk about uh, talk through that process. Now, 
Spoiler alert, as I'm sure you can imagine with personal finance, there's not a, um, a one-size-fits-all answer. It's not like putting a money, money into a pension is always going to be the best option for everybody in every situation. Um, but what I'm going to be doing is just talking through the different kinds of situations where one or the other might be a better option. Now, it's going to be quite an in-depth topic, that one, because there's quite a few different pieces, bits and pieces to go at, because I'm going to be talking about um, the specifics of each of those options, so why a pension could be beneficial, why an ISA could be beneficial, or why paying off debt could be beneficial. So that's all I'm going to be talking about today. I'm going to cover that one topic. Um, I am going to be trying to keep these episodes under half an hour. You know, I know personal finance is not the most exciting um, topic in the world. You know, I'm not talking about Marvel comics or um, what's going on in football or whatever, which, or any comedy stuff or whatever. You know, I, I, I try to make it reasonably engaging, but I think half an hour is a good length of time for people to be actually taking in the information that I'm, I'm trying to get across. So um, that's it for today. That's what I'm going to be, going to be talking about. With that said, please do send me through your questions. You know, like I say, this today's topic has come from a number of different questions that I've received. And I think that's going to be the best way that I'm going to be able to provide value and provide uh, information that people actually want. So um, the best ways to get in touch with me, uh, email's great. You can get me at jason at jasonmountford.com. Um, I'm over on Instagram as well. So a DM on Instagram um, is great. What would actually be really cool is if you do have a question um, and you are happy to have your voice on the podcast, drop me a voice memo in, in on the Instagram DMs. There's a little um, speaker button or microphone button. If you hit that and hold it down, I think you hold it down, um, ask me a question, and then if, if you're okay with it, I'll play that question on the podcast as well. I think that just makes it a little bit more interactive, like kind of like a call-in show. Um, I can keep your name anonymous and stuff if you want, um, but that would be really cool. Um, you can also check me out on YouTube and UK money TV over there. All this information is in the show notes anyway. So enough of that waffle. Let's get into today's episode. So the question that we're really asking here is, um, should I, if I've got some spare surplus cash flow or some surplus savings, what should I do with it? And like I said at the outset, you know, one of the common, um, things that people often look to do is, um, paying off a mortgage also can be other debt as well. We'll mainly we'll talk, be talking about a mortgage, paying off a mortgage, or should I put more in my pension, or should I put some more money into an ISA? And generally, that's going to be a stocks and shares ISA. Now, whilst that's three different options, it's actually, in a way, it's kind of only two options. Because what we're looking at here is whether you should be using your extra money to be paying off debt, or whether you should be using that extra money to invest. Because, you know, whilst a pension and an ISA are two different tax wrappers, effectively, you're trying to do the same thing. You try to invest your money for, for long-term growth. You're trying to get a better return from that to, to grow your personal wealth. Whether it's a pension, whether it's an ISA, that's just the kind of tax wrapper that sits around it. And obviously, there's differences between it. But effectively, they are both just different forms of investment. So before we go on to actually looking at what's going to be the best way to invest, we need to take that step back and work out whether we actually do want to be investing or whether we want to be reducing debt. Now, the way that I look at this is to think of the, the phrase, um, a pound saved is a pound earned. And what I mean by that is that if you can save money, it increases your wealth by the same level as if you had earned money through investment or work or whatever. So if you are able to let's say, reduce your um, power and gas bill by £20 a month, that frees up, frees up an extra £20 a month for you to then spend on other things. So effectively, it's increased your net, it, it's increased your wealth or it's increased your, um, your, 
yeah, you know, you know, your level of, of income by that £20 a month, just by saving £20 a month off a bill. It's exactly the same if you um, earn an extra £20 a month. So if you've got a pay rise that netted out to £20 a month coming into your account, that puts you in exactly the same position as if you'd saved that from, um, from somewhere in your budget. So when we're looking at whether we should be paying off debt or paying, or paying into investments, I think that's a really good way to look at it. Because any money that you pay off debt is money that you're going to be saving in interest, and therefore that return is going to be broadly equivalent to the interest that you would have paid on that debt. Now, I'm sure there are people who are listening to this who are um, absolute finance guns, and they might be jumping up and down screaming because, yes, it is not that simple. Um, you know, in real terms, it does that doesn't take into account things like you know the compounding effect on investments and that sort of thing. But with that said, what we're talking about here is kind of a rule of thumb that you could sort of use as a starting point for considering your options. You know, it's all going to depend on loads of different things, what your tax bracket is, all sort of stuff. But broadly speaking, that's kind of how we're going to be going at this. So to put some kind of figures around that um, to, to, I guess, illustrate the point is, you know, let's say um, you have um, £10,000 spare that you, you don't know what to do with. If you have a mortgage that's um, charging you an interest rate of 2%, obviously interest rates are pretty low at the moment, and you paid that £10,000 off your mortgage in the first year, that's going to be saving you £200 in interest, right? Because that's £10,000 less that the bank's going to be charging you interest on. Now, you know, again, it's not exactly that simple because it's, um, uh, it's, that you're going to have your regular payments throughout the year and stuff like that. But for kind of argument's sake, that's kind of where you're at. If you're looking at other options for that money, let's say you are considering investing that money, to have a better position, to put you in a better position than paying off the mortgage, you need to get a better net return than 2%. Because if you invested that money into into whatever and it gave you a return of 1.5%, Yes, you've earned £150, but you would have saved £200 by paying off the mortgage. So that's kind of the equation that we're looking at. And it starts to become pretty obvious then how you can compare the two. So if you are considering an investment instead of the mortgage, you need to be starting to look at what kind of return can you expect from that investment. Now, you know, the old, the saying is always that you can't, you can't rely on past performance. Past performance doesn't guarantee future performance. And that, you know, that's true, obviously. We can look at what shares have done over the last 100 years or um, diversified portfolios, bonds, whatever. Um, and that's not necessarily going to stay true for the next 100 years, but it gives you a bit of a ballpark idea of the kind of returns that you could be um, considering. So let's say you are looking at a diversified portfolio that over the last 10 years has averaged around 6%, for example. So what you're doing there is you're comparing investing for a return of 6%, well, £600 a year on that 10000 or paying off the mortgage and saving yourself £200. So, okay, now the investment's starting to look like a more attractive option. Potentially, you should be investing because at 6%, that's going to get you 400, put you in £400 better off at the end of the year. Now, there's a couple of things to note on that. Number one is that we're living in an age of historically low interest rates. So what we're comparing here is something that's, um, well, who knows what the future is going to look like, but historically going back the last 20, 30 years, we have a bit of an unusual comparison because even going back, um, you know, a few years, five to 10 years, 
you wouldn't be paying 2% on a mortgage. You know, you'd be paying probably closer to 5% or, or if not more. And actually, if you go back to the early 90s, it wasn't necessarily going to be uncommon to have a double digit um, interest rate on on certain um, certain mortgages. So um, that is something that is always going to come into play. So whilst we're looking at a very low interest rate environment for mortgages at the moment, just because that's the kind of equation you're looking at now, that's not necessarily always going to be the case. So when you're looking at, say, a 6 or 7% return, for example, from an investment portfolio, that stacks up really well to a 2% return, um, 2% saving on a mortgage. But if interest rates started to creep up over time, you know, if, if um, they were going back up to 4 5 6%, then that decision starts to get a bit more difficult. And it starts to get a bit more difficult for, for another reason as well. And that's because, and this might be really obvious, but the saving on the mortgage is guaranteed. You have an agreement with your bank that you are going to be paying a set level of interest. Now, there may be some fluctuation in that. You know, it may be a tracker mortgage, for example, which tracks a certain margin above the Bank of England base rate. So it might move around a bit, but broadly speaking, two things. Number one, it's not going to move around that much. You know, interest rates do move, but, you know, they don't move from 2% to 7% overnight. You know, if it moved from 2% to 3%, um, in a quarter, that would be a massive move. It has happened in the past, but basically that interest rate that you're going to be paying on your mortgage is much more stable. And by paying it, you have a, a really good understanding of what level of interest you're going to be saving. Comparing that to an investment portfolio, there's going to be a lot more uncertainty as to what the return on that investment is going to be. So yes, you might be looking at 2% saving on a mortgage compared to 6 or 7% return on investment, but what you've got to remember is that there's a big level of additional volatility and risk that you're taking in order to achieve that high return. So that's the first question that you really need to be asking yourself is, what do you want to be achieving out of this money? What are you comfortable with? You know, if you just want something that is going to provide you with certainty, that's going to definitely put you in a better position over the short term and the long term and the medium term and everything in between, then paying off debt is kind of a no-brainer. You know, you know you're going to be saving yourself interest, you know you're going to be better off. And that's particularly the case if we're not talking about a mortgage. You know, all so far we've been talking about a mortgage versus investing. And as I said, mortgages have very low interest rates. But if you're talking about a credit card debt that's charging you 20%, or you're talking about a personal loan that's charging you 12%, don't even think about investing because effectively if you pay off that credit card that's and you're getting charged 20% interest, that's like getting a 20% return on that money, which is obviously insane and not going to be possible uh, in a sustainable way for an investment portfolio. So that's the first part of the equation. It's thinking about do I want to be paying off debt, take the certainty of that, or do I want to try and really maximize my long-term um, wealth by looking to invest my money? So let's say you go through that process, you have a look at your mortgage interest rate, you have a look at the kind of investment portfolio that might be comfortable with and the kind of returns you might be expecting from that, and you you decide that investing is going to be the better option for you. You know, you understand the risks involved, you understand that your money can fluctuate, but that's what you want to do. So the next option then is is we kind of splinter the, the decision tree off, I guess, and we're now looking at, well, what kind of wrapper should I be looking at for that investment? Now, the two obvious ones, which again, I've said at the outset, obviously, the two most obvious ones for most people are using a stocks and shares ISA to invest that money or investing that money through a pension fund. Now, it doesn't really matter what type of pension fund, whether it's a SIP or an employer scheme or a personal pension or whatever, you know, they all have effectively the same tax rules. So um, I'm just going to be saying pension, but just know that that means kind of any most pensions, 99% of pensions that are out there. 
So these are not apples and apples comparisons. They're designed for, in a lot of ways, they're designed for different things. So the first option you've got is obviously, we'll talk about an ISA first. The first option we, we, we consider is, is um, using a stocks and shares ISA. Now, stocks and shares ISAs are, are brilliant. They are brilliant. They are an absolute free kick. Um, they don't have anything like that in Australia. When I, when I um, first moved here a number of years ago, I was kind of shocked that it was available. I, I was sort of looking for the catch. And really, there isn't one. You can put up to £20,000 a year into, um, into an ISA. Um, and that money is invested in pretty much anything. There's a, a huge number of providers out there that have a, you can invest globally. You can invest in a range of different asset classes, and all of the earnings in that money is completely tax free. So you don't pay, you don't have to declare any, any of the income or the dividends on your tax return. Um, if you do one, or you know, you don't have to do a self a self assessment tax return for it. Um, any capital gains that you that you realise within the ISA. Uh, are not taxable. So if you start fairly early, you can build up a really sizable portfolio just in a completely tax-free environment. The other really great thing about an ISA, and this is an advantage over a pension, obviously, which we'll get to in a minute, is you can take that money out tax-free as well. So if you put money into an ISA now, and in five years' time, you need access to 10 grand, five grand, whatever, you can pull that out of the ISA, sell down the investments without worrying about tax, and spend that money on what you need to spend it on. So it has an absolutely awesome level of access and a, a fantastic level of tax benefits as well. So you might be saying, well, that's that's brilliant. Why would I bother thinking about using a pension? Well, pensions share some of those um, some of those benefits of an ISA, and, and namely that the earnings on a pension fund are tax free as well. So within the scheme, whilst the money is in there, um, there aren't, there's no, no income tax, obviously, and there's no capital gains tax if you're moving money around within that scheme as well. So if you're talking about a long-term investment, which we kind of are here really, aren't we? We're talking about mortgages and pensions and stuff. If you're talking about long-term investment, the money is going to roll up just as um, tax effectively within a pension scheme as it will within an ISA. Now, one of the really cool things about a pension is you get tax relief on the contributions. So you may have heard of this already, but essentially what happens is if you put money into a pension fund of your own money, you um, the, the pension scheme claims back the basic rate tax for you. And then if you're a higher or an additional rate taxpayer, you can claim back your higher or additional rate tax in a self-assessment at the end of the tax year. So if you are to put, uh, it's, it's grossed up, so that's why these figures might not make complete sense. It's not 20% of your contribution, but it um, it grosses up your amount uh, um, that you put in, inclusive of the tax you would have paid. So what I mean by that is if you were to put in £8,000, they top that up by an extra £2,000 that represents 20%, which is basic rate tax level of a £10,000 contribution, if that makes sense. So you're kind of getting this boost of your own money, you're putting it into your pension scheme, and then the government's chucking a little bit of extra on top, chucking 20% grossed up contribution into your pension scheme as well. So if you're comparing that to an ISA, if you put eight grand into an ISA, then eight grand goes into an ISA. Great, it's invested, whatever. If you put eight grand into a pension scheme, then you actually get 10 grand that goes into that investment pot for you. So that's the first win. Then obviously, if you're a higher and additional rate taxpayer, you can claim the extra couple of grand when you do your self-assessment, which you could then put back into the pension if you want or keep it or whatever. So it's a very tax-effective way to invest because it's not only tax-effective once it's in there, but it's tax-effective to you personally today as well because you get extra money on top in the, fact of, in the um, form of that tax relief. Now, 
that again, it sounds like an absolute drop, um, drop kick, no brainer to do, but there are some catches with your pension fund. The first is the access, which I'm sure most of you would be aware of is that you can't access your pension fund until it's currently 55. Uh, and that might actually change. It's probably going to increase over the next 10, 20 years. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode and if you're looking for more audio content from The Hedge, then consider becoming a member over on our Patreon page. There's a range of different tiers that allow you to access exclusive content including additional members-only podcast episodes, the ability to request episode topics, members-only video content and early access to everything. You can even get the opportunity to appear as a regular guest on the show. As well as these exclusive benefits, your contribution helps cover the running costs of the podcast and make sure that I can continue to bring it to you every single week. With the podcast growing rapidly, costs are going up and your support really, really helps. You can find the members only link by going to thehedge.io or go direct to patreon.com forward slash thehedge. Um, but you can't access your pension fund until you reach that age. So if you are quite young, if you're in your say early 30s, that's a long time to be locking your money away, right? You know, it might be money that you're pretty sure you won't need, but is always going to be that little bit of doubt that potentially life will throw something at you that means it would be really handy to get your hands on a couple of grand. So that's the first downside of a pension fund. The other downside of a pension fund is that you do pay tax on it or potentially pay tax on it on the way out of the scheme. So once you retire, um, back in the old days, you had to purchase and you, uh, you, you could take 25% of the balance as a tax-free lump sum. So you can take out, if, you're, if your fund is worth 100000 you could take out 25000 tax-free from your pension fund. And that's still the same today. You know, you, if you reach retirement age, you have access to 25% of your money tax-free. So that's good. Back in the old days, the rest of it had to be used to purchase an annuity. Um, and yeah, annuities are kind of t- tied, which is like a lifetime income stream. And they're tied to interest rates, so they're not very common at the moment because the, the returns on them are incredibly, incredibly low, or the yields. Um, so these days, what most people do is they, they leave that extra 75%, they leave that invested into a pot that they access as and when they need it. Now, that 75% is taxable once you take it out. So that's really important to remember because um, it is one of the key downsides of a pension scheme is that the access is the number one, but the second is that it is taxable in retirement. Now, with that said, you know, it's not the end of the world. You know, you, you still have access to your personal allowance in retirement. So you still got, um, you still got that 12,500 pounds that is, is tax-free. So potentially, if you are making fairly small withdrawals from your scheme, um, it could probably fit potentially some of it into, into that. Um, if, on the other hand, you are, say, a higher rate or an additional rate taxpayer during your working life, the likelihood is that you potentially won't be earning quite as much when you do retire. So it might be that, um, you know, if you're fairly, if you're a high income earner, if you're earning £100,000 a year, you're getting tax relief on the way in based on a high rate. So you're getting 40% tax relief when you're putting money into your pension scheme. And then once you retire, if you're drawing, I don't know, £40,000 from your pension fund, if you and a partner are doing sort of similar, that's a that's a pretty healthy um, retirement retirement income. If as a family, you know you're you're spending fifty, sixty, seventy thousand pound a year, so you would uh, if you're taking forty thousand from your scheme, that means you would be paying basic tax on the way out. So you've got higher or additional rate relief on the way in, and then you're getting basic tax um, paying basic tax on the way out. 
So broadly speaking, even if you do end up paying tax on the way out, it's still likely to be an effective way to invest your money. Because even though you are still paying tax on it, you've also had a a huge number of years where it's been able to grow tax-free. So the compounding effect on that money has been greater than it would have been if if it was like in your ISA, for example, that hasn't had that tax relief added on. The other really big benefit for a pension scheme, and this is something that's really a lot of people listening to this, it's going to seem a long way off, right? But that's inheritance tax. Um, Because a pension fund is completely outside of the estate for inheritance tax purposes. So you could have... um, the situation where, you know, and I have seen this with a, a, quite a large number of clients really, is that they are, um, they are very well off. You know, they have, um, they have assets that are well over a million pounds, but actually they're not paying, they're not liable to pay any inheritance tax because a large portion of that is in a pension fund. If you're, you know, and the, the, the thresholds are quite high, you know, you can have, if you're in a married couple, you can have around about a million pound in assets before you actually start to pay any inheritance tax. But if you are above that level, um, you know, if you had an ISA with a hundred thousand pound in it, um, and, and, and you had assets over a million pound, uh, a million pound combined, that's a 40 grand inheritance tax liability that your family's going to have to have to pay. If that same £100,000 is in a pension fund, there's no inheritance tax to pay on that. So that's probably not going to drive your decision too much if you're kind of anywhere anywhere under 50 or, or even 60, but it is just something else to consider as well. It is another benefit of a pension fund over an ISA. And I guess the final point that I want to make on pensions is to really check what your employer benefits are as well. So one of the other things that a lot of employers or some employers will do is they will match your pension contributions. Now, there's a component of that that they would probably be doing as a part of auto-enrollment anyway um, and the legislation, but some companies will provide things that are over and above what statutory the statutory um, requirements are. So it's something worth checking if you are considering putting extra money into your pension. If they are prepared to match your contributions to a certain level, then that potentially swings the pendulum more towards pension funds as well. So I guess to really summarize this, to really kind of try and answer this question as best I can, the the first thing you need to ask yourself is, do you want certainty with your extra money or are you prepared to take a little bit of risk with it? Because if you want certainty, then paying off debt is going to be the best option. Likewise, if you've got a high interest debt, so if you've got credit cards, if you've got personal loans, um, then generally that's going to be the better option as well is to pay off your debt. You know, it's a certain it's certain to put you in a better financial position. There's no risk with doing it, and it's it, like I say, it's going to make you better off financially. If on the other hand you're looking to really maximise your financial situation, um, and you want to um, try and grow your wealth as much as possible, and you're prepared to take some risk in order to do that then investing that spare cash is probably going to be the better option. And when it comes to using an ISA or using a pension, to be honest, it sounds like a little bit of a cop-out, but I think often the best option is to do a bit of both. Um, you know, I think it's, it's really important to try and take advantage of that tax relief you get from your pension fund early so you can get that compounding effect on it over the long term. By the same token, I would never recommend that anyone really just smash all of their spare money into their pension fund because you are locking that money away for a really long time. You know, even if you've got the best financial plan in the world, you've really understand what life's going to be throwing at you, curveballs happen, you know, things happen and you need access to money. And I think that's where an ISA really comes into its own because it's very tax efficient. You can access the money whenever you need it. 
and it really um, just makes a lot of sense. So for me, you know, it really comes down to um, to maximizing um, maximizing all of the different options that you've got, um, but definitely looking to to use that ISA allowance if you can. Um, putting a little bit of money into your, your pension fund as well, and then keeping an eye on interest rates with the more, with your mortgage. Because if they start to creep up, that starts to become a much more attractive option. One last thing that I actually just realized I forgot to mention about pension schemes is there are also limits as to what you can put into your pension fund as well. So um, the limit is £40,000 a year, but it's up to your earned level of income. So I think I've touched on this in previous podcasts, but effectively... Um, has to be earned incomes, has to be from like a job or something like that. But um, if you are earning £20,000 a year, for example, then you can only put up to £20,000 a year into your pension scheme. And that is up to a maximum of 40000 So if you're earning 60000 you can only still put 40000 And that is the gross amount, including the basic rate tax relief. Sorry to add that on at the end. I just remembered I hadn't said that. So um, yeah, those are your options essentially is reducing debt is certain, investing is not. And I think splitting your money between the various tax options puts you in the best position to have the right money available to you when you need it. Now, I know that is quite a, uh, I guess, a whistle-stop tour of your different options. It's a really complex topic, to be honest. And short of actually putting all of your um, personal information into a complex cash flow modeling modeling, um, software, it's, it's no way for me to give you a certain answer as to what the what the best option is for you. But hopefully that's giving you, I guess, a, a bit of an idea of the pros and cons of each approach. Um, if you have more specific questions about it, if there's something you feel like I didn't quite cover, like I say, get in touch. You know, I'd really like to hear what you thought of the episode. Um, if there's uh, additional follow-on things you'd like me to do, if there's different parts you'd like me to expand on, more than happy to do that. Like I say, all my information is in the show notes. Um, you can email me at jason at jasonmountford.com. Check me out on all my different social channels. Um, and let's just make this as interactive as possible. So thanks very much for your time today, guys. I really appreciate you listening in to me. Um, like I say, I'm going to be trying to make these a bit more, get back into the regular regular pattern. So I'm going to be trying to do an episode every week. Um, sometimes that might spread out to kind of every 10 days or so. But um, uh, please do tune in. Please subscribe to the podcast. Um, if you're on iTunes, um, then it would be great if you could leave me a review. Um, that really helps the algorithm to just um, say that what I'm talking about isn't complete rubbish. Um, so that'd be really helpful. Um, five stars only. If you're going to give me one star, then don't worry about it. It's fine. Um, and if you could just write a couple of words as well, that makes a huge difference. So thank you very much for listening today, guys. I really do appreciate it. And I look forward to speaking to you next week. Hi, guys. I just wanted to jump in really quickly to let you know about my free weekly newsletter, also called The Hedge. Every week, I comb through all the social feeds and news websites to cut through the noise and bring you the latest news and ideas in investing, business, entrepreneurship, and personal development. As with all content from The Hedge, the aim is to help you grow your wealth in a way that allows you to be your real, authentic self. If you'd like to sign up, you can find the link, as well as the links to all our other content, at thehedge.io.